0: Welcome to Let's Talk UNLV Student Wellness Takeover. What? What? Hey. At 91.5 <laughs> KUNV. We're your co hosts, Dr. Tanya Crabb and Karen Jean Charles. Up? Today we have Dr. Alyssa Newman with us, and we'll be speaking about body, body image. image. <laughs> So a
1: little bit about body image. Society tells us to be many things. It tells us to be thin, to be lighter, to eat less, to work out more, to dress a certain way, to walk a certain way. Rarely does society ever tell us that we are enough. As young adults, viewing one's body in a positive light can be difficult. Today we have Dr. Alyssa Newman with us to discuss body image. So Dr. Alyssa Newman, welcome. Welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Yeah. um, So I am a staff psychologist over at CAPS. Um, I'm actually a little bit newer. Um, but I received my master's and doctorate from uh, Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, and then did my internship and postdoc at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and then kind of landed here, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Um, I do a lot of work with eating disorders, with body image, and with those in the LGBTQ plus community. Awesome.
0: Wonderful. And for those who don't know, um, CAP stands for Student Counseling and Psychological Services. We're the mental health providers for students on the UNLV campus. Nice. So can you tell us a little bit about what exactly body image is?
2: Yeah, Um, I think that a lot of us kind of have this like preconceived notion of like, yeah, body image is like what you look like. Mm. Um, But actually, like when we really delve into it, it's a lot more than that. It's not just how we like evaluate ourselves in the room Um, it's like kind of how you see yourself when you look in the mirror it's Mm -hmm. how you believe like what you believe about your appearance Um, it's also like an emotional component too so like how do you feel emotionally when you look in that mirror Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of like how do you control and sense your body and your body size and also just like what investment do you have in it what consequences if you, particularly if you have a negative um, or poor body image, like what impact does that have on kind of just your daily life? Mm-hmm. That's um, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So
0: what are some of the things that contribute to people's perceptions of themselves, especially around their body image?
2: There are so many <laughs> different <laughs> things. <laughs> um And I think we could probably have a whole segment just on like that piece and all the contributing factors. But um, really when you think about it, like when we're infants, like when we're babies, like Mm -hmm. we don't really have any sense of like what body images or how we appear. We're just kind of like living our life, doing our own thing. And then it's like over time, we have all of these experiences that happen that really just change how we feel about ourselves and how we view, how we look. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be from like, Family, it could be friends, it could be our society and how we're kind of obsessed with, like dieting and how we look. Um, it could be from just like genetic kind of components, our general cultural messaging. Like, there's really so many different things that kind of go into place in this.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of society, though, how have Eurocentric beauty standards changed how people of color view themselves?
2: Um, obviously, like as a white provider like Mm -hmm. very much kind of obviously i cannot speak from my own personal experience but i think that the fact that it's very eurocentric kind of in nature and it's like you have to be white you have to be thin Mm -hmm. you have to be rich you have to do all these things which naturally if you are a person of color you're not going to fit into that box and so you're already at an unfair advantage kind of in that realm um and so same thing for people who are in like larger bodies or people who are in like disabled bodies and not able to move their body in a way that they're used to all of those or like a transgender body all of those really have an impact on like how we feel about ourselves Mm -hmm. and you kind of almost learn when you're not in what Eurocentric stuff says it's like almost like well i don't feel safe in my body i can't do this right kind of in my body
0: you know it's so funny that you mentioned that because as i was thinking about it you know um a lot of cultures didn't use to prioritize thinness. Like, thinness Mm -hmm. seems to be like a new thing. Like, Mm -hmm. almost all the old arts is like these lovely, well-fed women Mm -hmm. (laughs) laying on couches. You know, for a long time, Marilyn Monroe was like the icon and then suddenly Mm -hmm. like a switch sort of flipped, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of body images. And then, with the advent of social media, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, good lord! Like mm-hmm. between the 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 um, photoshopping mm-hmm. and the filters, <laughs> like sure. our bodies aren't even our bodies online, mm-hmm. correct? And I, how do you think that that feeds into this idea that there is a perfect form and that we can all look a certain way?
2: Right. I mean, that's a hard one. I think it's just because they're like automatically it's almost we have to tell ourselves like whatever we're seeing online especially like that's not reality like there's Mm -hmm. nothing real kind of about that aspect it's all kind of filtered to be whatever we think it needs to be Mm -hmm. and so like when we're actually interacting with people in the world and we're seeing how different our bodies are like You know, it really kind of throws like there's like almost like this dissonance and disconnect kind of in us of like, I should be doing this. But like that is not at all what I'm actually experiencing. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's so funny because um, I've gone through the Snapchat filters (laughs) 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 and I've gone through it now. It's like, oh, my God. So with a little makeup, uh, probably. Mm. (laughs) like And and I think you're right. I think that it, it contributes to the sense of dissatisfaction because we're tagging into what's not reality. Right. So it feels like you're failing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you're failing against an artificial marker. You know, um, I have the Snapchat me and I have the Mimi. Mm-hmm. And after you see the fully polished you, it's like, wait, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And I think in addition to that is that celebrity component, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't see celebrities in their truest form, which is why, sadly, interestingly enough, COVID changed that for some folks. Mm. Like I finally saw people without makeup. I yeah. finally saw people in their true form. But I agree with you this um this false idea around beauty contributes a lot to people's idea that somehow they're not quite enough. Mm-hmm. You know, because enough is manufactured.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think people are
1: shifting towards a more accepting view of themselves overall? Like, on social media, or you think it's still, like, really filtered, really, like, like there's a, like you said, a dissonance?
2: I mean, I definitely think there's, it's kind of a mixed Mm -hmm. bag. I mean, I think, like, what we saw is, like, over the course of the pandemic, like, many of the body image concerns and eating disorders in particular, like, they Mm -hmm. got worse, actually, over that time. Just, like, kind of mental health stuff got worse over time. And so, like, yes, I think we're bringing, like, more light Mm -hmm. into kind of the subject, And it's being talked about a little bit more, but like we're realistically so far away from where actually it it could be and should be.
0: I get that. You know, it's as you mentioned that I was thinking about this idea that, you know, the APA did a study and like most of us. (laughs) either went in one direction, I I went in the the up direction in terms of our weight over the pandemic because Mm -hmm. we were in those spaces where we were eating more, we were sort of eating to medicate in some cases. You can't social distance from your refrigerator. (laughs) So for a lot of us, (laughs) it's right right there. It's right there, calling to you like the siren's call. Mm -hmm, For sure. Um, But I also noticed this new thing where there's this trend towards body positivity. And I know Mm -hmm. that... um, Lizzo is like one of the biggest proponents Mm -hmm. of body positivity, but I felt like I was seeing more women in their bodies in real time, in real space without the filter Mm -hmm. in those social media places and spaces, Mm -hmm. which was exciting to see. um, But it wasn't, of course, without harassment, Mm -hmm. you know, but I I love that that's bringing to light different forms of bodies and Mm -hmm. different levels of acceptability. So, I guess my question for you is this: How does one get from not enoughness to enoughness and and my body is a good body
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think it's I think it's a journey it's very much a journey right. um and I think it's like to kind of remind yourself like you're not alone kind of in this fact um because we are again taught to kind of hate our bodies um i think one of the ways is just kind of like almost recognizing for yourself like what is that narrative that you've kind of developed around your body Mm -hmm. like even if you think back to like early childhood Mm -hmm. like what did you think of your body like what kind of played a part in that what about as you went into like puberty adolescence What about now? Like, what kind of stories are you constantly kind of telling yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, what do you kind of value in your life? A lot of times, like, people are like, you know, I talk about their appearance and I want to change this and change that. But when you ask them about their values, very rarely is, like, appearance, Mm, how I look, like, in that kind of value. Right. And so, like, almost building that awareness kind of helps us to kind of shift that narrative over time.
0: So shifting the focus to what matters. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Not what matters. What matters to you versus what matters to other people Mm -hmm. Mm. is one of the ways to do it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think we, we have to acknowledge that weight loss is a million billion dollar industry right Mm -hmm. it is you know and it's it's kind of ironic at the same time someone's pushing like a weight loss commercial then there's a carl's junior commercial like (laughs) right after (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) so it's like you know so there's a the narrative is not just the one we create Mm -hmm. It's the one that's been, it's a story that was built for us Mm -hmm. from before we could understand that we were being sold the narrative. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and that's sort of the narrative of woman that's fix yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, um, if only you're a little thinner, a little taller, a little prettier. So um, maybe distinguishing the idea that these this narrative isn't just one that's self-imposed and paying attention to Mm -hmm. where those stories are also coming from.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. And it kind of, makes me think about the billion dollar industry that is weight loss and Mm -hmm. how much it pushes things like eating disorders and things like that. Um, What constitutes an eating disorder? Can you talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So I think like eating disorders, I think in our society, there's kind of like this spectrum kind of. Mm -hmm. So we have like this like great relationship with food, like you can attune to your hunger, fullness cues, you don't pass judgment on what you eat. You kind of allow yourself to eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're getting appropriate nutrients for your body. And then on kind of on that far end, like we have eating disorders um, where it's like a hyper focus on what we're eating, like on our appearance. It's always and there might be calorie counting or certain behaviors that we're trying to alter kind of our appearance. And then we have most of us kind of in that middle, which is like this dieting, like this maybe not great relationship with our body. Mm-hmm. Um And so we can tell if it's an eating disorder, more of, like, how functionally impactful is it? So, like, are you constantly thinking about food, planning your meals, calorie counting, um, or feeling like you can't eat certain things because of, you know, your fear of of weight gain? Um, And it's kind of like that obsessional kind of, like, piece of it, that frequency of how often you're doing, like, dieting or Mm -hmm. kind of engaging in behaviors – And then also just like, are you avoiding situations due to not feeling great about your body? Um, Whereas, you know, so you might like avoid going out to eat with friends Mm. or only eating certain things or having to prepare beforehand. Um, So there might be kind of more like on that end of things, like eating disorders are really serious conditions and they have a whole host of medical complications that come around with them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people just kind of think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, it's just this is how we are, like, as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it's really not. For so, sure.
0: So what I'm hearing is that um, if, you're, if food is the center of your life, if it's the control mechanism for your life, if it's the thing that prevents you from living your best life, mm-hmm. then there might be some consideration around it. Um, I have a question around that, you know, and eating disorders and this idea of the ideal weight. Mm-hmm. Mm. How does one know what that is? You know, um, there's a lot of information around like BMI, mm-hmm. you know, I should weigh this. I remember when I was uh, in high school and I thought that my ideal weight was like 125 wow. <laughs> because I read it in a magazine. Yeah. And I'm definitely not 125 now, mm-hmm. but I'm also not thin enough to pass on the raindrops anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back then, I was incredibly unhealthy for my size and my height because there was this number that I had zeroed in on that was my ideal weight. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone who's like, well, no, it's it's not that I have an eating issue. It's just that uh, according to X, Y, and Z, I have to be this certain weight in order to be healthy.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that gets tricky because obviously we're saturated with this idea that we have to be like in this perfect box. And what we know for sure is like BMI, like even though a lot of medical providers use that or we hear that a lot like we've known that that was created in a system that like was not for what it's intended and what it's used for today Mm -hmm. and it's very like very pigeonholed almost like and what you can actually capture in that so we know that bmi no matter what anyone says like not a good sense of that your your healthy weight so to speak is more like where kind of just your natural set point is like what happens if you don't control it you just kind of eat what you want, eat when you're full. Obviously, if you're having an eating disorder, like, you would need probably some help in reconnecting right. with that. But generally speaking, like, it's going to be your natural set point, And that's going to change over the course of your life. Like, it's not going to be, like, what you were in high school or what you were when you were a child. Mm. Like, that's not realistic. It changes over time. And just allowing yourself to just not be so focused on the number because the number doesn't represent you as kind of a whole person. Right. So
1: when... Do you think someone should seek support for an eating disorder? When does it get too serious?
2: Um, I think if you notice like kind of a shift in like your attitudes towards like yourself or your body or Mm -hmm. just like your relationship with your food, um, if you're constantly like beating up on your body, um, if maybe you're like doing things like whether that's exercise or restricting like certain things that you're having, like to alter your appearance Mm -hmm. Um, if you're just unhappy with the relationship that you have with your body and with food, um, or if you start to notice like physical kind of symptoms like that would be signs that maybe like I should talk to someone about right. this.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So uh, how does Cat support students that are struggling with food related or eating related issues? What are some of the um, options that are available for students that say want some support in that area?
2: Yes. Um, so we have a few options. Um, we offer individual therapy so that you can really kind of hone in on, you know, reconnecting that and reshifting that narrative with your body. Um, we have consultation so we can talk to someone, even if you're concerned about a friend. Mm-hmm. We can talk with you and kind of give you some tips on how you might be able to support them. Um, we also have a eating disorders treatment team, which we collaborate with our health center. Um, so we have a dietitian and a medical provider as well as um, therapists on that team. And we can really just kind of, we talk about cases, we make sure that they're getting the support that they need. Um, And then if they need a little bit more support, like a higher level of care, we kind of help to facilitate referrals and help connect them.
0: Those sound like wonderful resources. Mm -hmm.
1: So what are some takeaways for people listening at home about body image?
2: Um, I think... If like you or maybe someone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, um, just know that you're kind of not alone in that um, and that there's a lot of things that contribute to kind of our relationship with food um, and our bodies, you know, they're going to change over time um, and it's not a choice. Um, so it's not a, it's not a choice that we have. No one wants to have an eating disorder. Like they're exhausting, um, Mm. and eating disorders don't look a certain way. So no matter what people may say or think to you, like they don't look a certain way. If you're concerned about yourself or someone like, please seek help because the earlier that we can get you support and the help that you need, the better chance of recovery. And even if you're later in life, you can still always kind of reach out. Mm. So real talk,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Real talk. Um, Can we talk about some of the ways in which we came to understand our bodies and what are some of the messages that we receive? So for me, even though I grew up in a West Indian household where thickness was the way, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, once we came to America, my mother sort of embraced this idea that you had to be like supermodel thin. Mm. Right. So a lot of the messages that I received started early and Mm -hmm. often. You know, um, and as you go through that stage where you're just a little bit chunky, because we all go through that phase. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this idea that, as compared to my friends, as compared to the world, and she really believed that this was teaching me how to be successful. Mm-hmm. So that's the other piece, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that your physical form is your gateway to things, mm-hmm. which isn't truly a lie because they've done studies mm-hmm. that said that thinner candidates, you know, get treated differently. So how does one unlearn that? You know, how does one unpack that? And, and how did you ladies come to your understanding around your bodies? Right. When growing up,
1: I was in the same position as you. My mom is Haitian. So, you know, thickness is, as you said, it is the way. But it wasn't the way in my house. Um, I was constantly compared to like other people like, oh, you should be as thin as them. Why aren't you doing this? But I'm like, we are all eating the same thing. We are all in the same house. You know, our bodies are different. The way way we intake calories, the way we hold calories is different. It's genetics. But that wasn't something that was seen. So unlearning that is has been like a recent thing, Um, Just allowing myself to exist, not hiding my stomach, not hiding my arms and just like wearing what makes me feel comfortable, like for the people listening, if you're not in yes.
0: <laughs>
1: if you're not in like the UNOV community, we are in Las Vegas. It is hot. Okay. Facts of life. The FUPA has to be outside. We have to air out the FUPA. I am not, you know, wearing sweatpants. Can and I get a witness covering <laughs> and covering myself all the time. Like I cannot do it. Like it I will burn to death. Um but just just allowing myself to exist is something that I've been like recently doing and it's honestly been really fun because it really opens up the amount of things you can wear in your wardrobe
0: so <laughs>
1: that's you know that's what I'm rocking with right now so mm-hmm. dr. Newman anything yeah,
0: I'm here for all of that. <laughs> for- <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I would say like I was very much brought up in a culture and a household that kind of maybe didn't emphasize appearance, but like within the culture, obviously very much emphasized looking Mm -hmm. a smaller way. And I was actually in like a much smaller body size, like as I was younger, because I ran cross country and I did track. And so there was a lot of emphasis on like having that smaller body. And so over time, it's as my body has kind of changed and I've grown older and like really gotten into body image and eating disorders, like mm-hmm. I've just really delved into the community and figuring out like there's other ways to kind of do this. We, we don't have to be in this um, like kind of hole that we're in. Like I've seen dieting within the family and mm-hmm. friends and like I just see like I'm like I want no part of that. So it's like constantly learning and like evaluating where you're at and just eventually kind of shifting that narrative, but it's still a struggle, even mm. though I've been doing this for years. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, it took me a minute because I was in the military where they legit weighed me every year, every couple, of year, every wow. couple times a year. Yeah. So I was very conscious of how much I weighed because if I weighed beyond a certain point, I could get kicked out. Mm. Like you legitimately can get kicked out of the military if you don't make weight standards. So there was a lot of stigma and shame associated with my body. First that I was that I came up with and then that just continued on. So I was in this really bad habit of um, compensating, Mm -hmm. you know, so I so, you know, I filled out my uniform a little bit more. So that meant I had to run a little bit more. I got into this mentality where I had to earn my meal. Mm -hmm. Like I legitimately remember one time wanting to go to the Dairy Queen. And I was like, this is 600 calories. I got to go run 600 calories on the treadmill before <laughs> <Wow>. I <laughs> I didn't want it after that, by the way. <laughs> like, I, just, I really did not want to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it has been an ongoing conversation. It has go- been an ongoing challenge. You know, I'm um, standing in front of yourself in the mirror without averting your eyes, without criticizing, talking kindly to my body, who in this era of COVID helped me to survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you know, say what I will about whatever, my fupa, whatever else. This is the body that allowed me to still be here, mm-hmm. you know, trying to affirm parts of my body. Thank you, legs, for working. Thank yeah. you. Because that's <laughs> the other piece, right? We <laughs> don't realize how much abilities we have mm-hmm. and how many people don't have these same abilities as we're criticizing it. And also sort of, and this is a weird one, um, so <laughs> paying attention to to Venus Williams, mm-hmm. And the ways in which she just embraces her form, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and it may not be traditional, it may not be everybody's ideal, but she recognizes that her body represents strength and beauty. Mm -hmm. And as long as it represents strength and beauty to her, to heck with everybody else's Mm -hmm. interpretation of strength and beauty. Mm -hmm. So if you could talk to the little you, what would you tell the little you about all of it, about this journey about what you've learned, and what you'd like her to keep learning. Mm-hmm. Mm. Dr. Newman?
2: <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, I think I would su- like say that society is going to send you all of these messages and tell you how you should and shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And as best you can, is it's going to be difficult, and you'll eventually get there, but just try to ignore them and do what's best kind of for you Mm because you know you better than anyone else can.
0: True. Awesome. Um,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I would say... (laughs) Thank you. Um, I would tell them that it's not their fault. Um, A lot of the times it was like blaming myself for, you know, if I would eat bread all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so fat. I'm so this and so that. But like... You know, bread is, like, natural part of, like, our, not food chain, but, like, the food plate or whatever it is. I love bread. <laughs> yeah, I love bread, like too. Like Oprah, I love bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a carbs queen. Like, uh, it was, I would just say, you know, just eat. Just eat. Like, I was a growing child, you know, starving yourself, trick or warning. But, you know, doing all that is, like, it's not worth it. It's not helpful. Um, and I would just say just Just do what you want because literally the person that you wished you would grow up to be, you became. So
2: just, you know, whatever.
1: I love
0: that. (laughs) Oh, I wanted to put one final thing out there. Mm -hmm. I know we focused a lot on eating disorders around the feminine, but let's just be clear. True. Eating disorders is not just a female issue.
1: Mm -hmm. It's the truth.
0: You know, men also struggle with image men also have these ideals like everybody won't be Thor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so it's it's not unusual and men are even getting plastic surgery to adjust their bodies to these new ideal standards because even they aren't enough. Right. So let's be clear. They they struggle, too. So I just wanted to put that out there for our male listeners. We see you. Right. We know that you struggle, too. Mm -hmm. You are welcome to this conversation you are welcome to seek support. Seeking support makes you wise, not 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 soft, not mm-hmm. just get the help you deserve, the help you are worthy of, the help you are enough. Yes. So her. which is exactly what I tell my younger self. You are enough. To stop it. Stop mm-hmm. chasing these ideals. You are you are more than enough. And for all of y'all out there, so are you. You are more than enough. If you need convincing, come see us. Yeah. We got you. <laughs> So I just want to thank you once again, Dr. Newman,
1: for coming on the show. Um, I want to give you this like chance to speak about any upcoming projects you're working on, your social medias, any of that. Anything
2: going on? Um, not. I have projects that I'm doing, but I <laughs> nothing is really coming to mind mm-hmm. at this at this moment. Um, but I think being a Part of, I, I will be taking over the chair of the eating disorders treatment team. Nice. So if there's Congrats. things, thank you. <laughs> um, so if there are things that, like, if you are struggling, also want to include, like, those who are trans and non binary, like, mm-hmm. you too, um, also feel free to reach out because anyone can struggle with any of this.
0: Absolutely. Stuff. For sure. Thank you for that. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you are part of the UNLV community and need to talk to someone or go to a mental health workshop, Come through CAPS, 702-895-3627, 702-895-3627. We are located in the Student Wellness Building. That's that place with the gym. It's your one-stop <laughs> shop for mental health and uh-huh. for physical health and for just health in general. Okay. Come on over and see us. Awesome.
1: You can also email CAPS at caps at unoV.edu And you can visit the CAPS website at unov.edu slash CAPS. This was Let's Talk UNLV, Student Health and Wellness Takeover at 91.5 KUNV. I'm Karen Jean Charles.
0: And I'm Dr. Tanya Crab. And we'll see
1: you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: For more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast, Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast.